listening to the Salt and Light podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thank you for joining. I'm telling you, God is pushing us to new. God is pushing us to new, and we got to be ready for when God says go, it's time to go. Come on, tell the person next to you, tell them it's time to go. It's time to go. We can't stay where we are. We got to go to what God has for us. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, I want to read scripture. Isaiah chapter 43, the word of God says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers and the desert. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. And I, be- I believe this today with all my heart. What God has for us goes before us. What God has for us has already been in his thoughts, in his heart. It was that you will be here for this time, for this season. But it's time for us to align ourselves with his word so we can live out what he's calling us to do. Would you close your eyes with me? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, today, I pray that you open our mind to your truth, that you change our hearts, that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Lord, uh, I come against any spirit that wants to bring confusion. God, I pray that you will cancel everything, any tactic of the enemy and that you bring truth and you bring your freedom. Use my lips, God, to speak your word. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. amen. This past week, uh, I was watching SportsCenter with my son. Ta-da-da, ta-da-da. No? You know what I'm talking about. Um, my favorite sport is soccer, but my son loves basketball. So because as a teenager, I got to find ways to connect parents in the house. I watch basketball news with him. I gotta find ways to connect. You know, relationships don't continue to grow unless you're intentional. So as we're watching, you know, Sports Center and seeing the basketball scene, there comes one of his favorite teams is the Warriors, and one of the players there, Damon Green, is suspended indefinitely. I mean, this guy, for you to get suspended indefinitely, it means you're a troublemaker. They suspended him because he liked to fight. He was a fighter. Come on. Where are the ladies in the house? Where are the men in the house that like to fight? I don't like to fight, pastor. I just like to be right. (laughs) And as they do this, they say it's indefinitely. He goes on and says, I'm going to retire. I don't got time for this. I'm already a champion. I already won all these things. I already got money. I'm going to retire. They're seeing his sequence of what he's going to do. A week later, he comes out and says, my bad, I'm sorry, kinkies. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to retire. I said, what happened? I talked to my coach and my coach made me see that it was time for a comeback. That I I could do things differently. That I can do things better. That the problem is not that I have this emotional way of playing. The problem is that I'm not putting it in the right place. Somebody say when we come back. I believe this new season, God is bringing us to our comeback. 
Oh man, somebody has to believe this with me this morning. Say, it's my comeback. This is your comeback year, church. It's time for us to walk into what he promised in our life. And there's been things in which we've been wrong. In fact, in your life, there's been things in you're like, I had the right intentions, but it didn't come out as I was expecting. And I go back to these places and I feel the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives saying, there's a new season, I'm pushing you to more, but I'm not, I'm not here to reject who you are, I'm here to invite who you are. I'm here to invite you to live in the vine so that you can live according to my word. We're going to study the word of God today in John chapter 21. So would you open your Bibles with me? John chapter 21. I'm going to read several verses, but I want you to study the whole chapter this week. This is how we grow, by eating the word of God, by knowing the word of God. And let me tell you something. You get hungrier as you study it, as you read it. In John chapter 21, verses 2 through 7, the word of God states, Simon Peter Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two and the two other and two others of his disciples were together. Two others of his disciples. I'm guessing those were not that important. <laughs> Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We're going with you also. I want you to understand you're a leader. I'm going fishing. The other disciples, I'm gonna go as well. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught what? Nothing. Nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. Say with me, the other side. And you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, who's the one that's writing this letter, by the way, (laughs) said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. Jesus is dead by this chapter. The disciples are waiting. And in the waiting, they get desperate and go back to what they know how to do. They said, I know Jesus did all these miracles. I know he told us he's going to send his Holy Spirit. I know he's telling us we have a promise, but I need to eat. I need to do something. So therefore, I'm going to go back to what I'm used to doing. And they go back to what, church? Fishing. Now, Jesus calls them from fishing to being fisher of men. I want you to understand this. God will use what you do, what you're good at, for his glory if you surrender it. And as he's in this place, and they're trying to figure out, Peter comes in and says, hey, I'm going to go do something about it, and everybody follows. Now, this disciple is so descriptive that he's like, I'm the one that Jesus loves. And the other two were there. (laughs) You need to know that you're loved by God. And as he's walking in, and he's doing, you know, everything that they can to provide, they get nothing. They get what? All night. All night toiling. Now, these guys are professional fishermen, and they get nothing. Then Jesus shows up, and they don't know it's Jesus. Like that time you were about to crash, and you didn't know it was Jesus that stopped it. 
Like that time, come on, that you didn't have any food, but somebody provided and your aunt came in and you were like, thank you, tia. And it was, come on, Jesus putting something in our heart to do something. Because I'll tell you this, most people will not know any Jesus except the one you present. Will not read any Bible except the one you live. And he comes in and they don't know him. And I love the mercy of God because see, Jesus could say, listen, I told you to do something and you're doing the opposite of what I told you to to do. I told you to wait. And here you are, can't handle the stress, can't handle. It's been only a couple of days. I mean, he resurrected on the third day. And you can't wait for what I have for you. But because I love you so much, I'll find you where you are. I want you to see that Jesus does not reject them. He invites them. He says, do you have food? Look at me, please. In other words, are you satisfied with what you're doing? Are you pleased? Or are you ready for a new season? Somebody say with me, new season. And they go, we got nothing. And then he says, doesn't say stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> Come on. He finds you where we are. He finds me where I am. And he says, go to the other side. I need you to wake up the person next to you in town. It's the other side. See, I kind of feel like, Je- like Jesus saying, you know, no sea menso, mico, al otro lado. I kind of feel like he's just like, come on, come on, try something different. 2024, I'm gonna, I'm, things are going to be different. Are you doing anything different? My marriage is going gonna, is gonna to change. Well, stop screaming. I got quiet. My relationship with my kids is going to change. We'll find something in common to do. I'm going to start serving God more. We'll start volunteering. And God says, and Jesus says, the other side. And as they throw it to the other side, what happened? It gets filled. They're not able to carry it. They're not able to put it in the boat. And there's something about Peter getting dressed. There's something about Peter recognizing his nakedness, trying to do things his own way and saying, I got to get dressed because the master's calling. Come on, somebody say, say with me, I got to get dressed. I know you're in this place and this is what you're used to doing, but he called you to do something else. So put on the garments and go to him. Now, I need you to keep this in your spirit. The provision of God does not need your help. It only needs your obedience. The provision of God does not need your help, but it requires your obedience. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, this is Paul speaking to the church. He says, not that I seek the gift, not that I seek money, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Hmm. Somebody say with me, I have an account. (laughs) I'm looking for fruit to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound, I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the thing you sent from you, that you, things sent from you, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice. I'm not giving leftovers, I'm giving something that costs me, well pleasing to God. Amen. And my God, because you did this, my God should supply all your need Hallelujah. according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody say with me, his riches in glory. I want you to get this. It's his riches, not your riches. It's move it to the other side. Stop doing the same thing over and over. Stop trying to do things your way 
and see his way, and then you'll get provision according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let me give you a quick testimony, and please listen to my heart on this. As, as we were pursuing God's heart and our call and our ministry, and we were doing different things to get from a little tent to a, to a mobile home, to this place that you see here, I always thought I needed to help God. I always thought, you know, I need to make sure that everything is paid. So I will pay the church before I pay my house. I need you to get this. And my wife, Anna, because she's so loving and she's willing to sacrifice, she'll tell me, don't forget about us. Come on, where are the ladies in the house that are like, hmm, stop giving to your mama. <laughs> yes, come on, ladies, it's wisdom. Stop spending it all in your soccer. Whatever it is, that, stop, being, stop, go, stop going and getting those Jordans again. I want you to get this. It might be something good, but it's out of order. And as I'm going through this and fighting this, I'm praying, I'm saying, God, God, I'm doing everything I can to please you. He's like, that's not my order. Now, as I'm giving, I'm also getting. Because God is a God that multiplies. And the Bible says that everything that you put your hand to, that you labor in, he will prosper. He doesn't say the lazy will prosper. He says those that work will prosper. This applies to anybody, whether you believe in Christ or don't believe in Christ. Diligent hands will produce fruit. And I'm seeing fruit, but I don't have the blessing of the Lord because I'm not being obedient. See, the thing is, because you see results, you think it's God. But the Bible says that the true riches of God, listen to this, it says that it brings a blessing and does not add with its sorrow. It does not with its sorrow. And I was, man, I was burdened. Bigger house, bigger car, bigger church, paying for everything, working three jobs. Come on. Overtime, me. No, no, no days off me, but the Bible says that you should have a Sabbath. I'm doing what I, what I think I need to do. I'm preaching now to somebody. You can do everything and enjoy nothing. And I thought that the more I had, the more I will become. And I'm here to challenge you today. You are not what you have. You are not the, word you, the, the clothes you're wearing. You are not, listen, you are not the car you drive. You are not the house you, you, the house you have. You are not the things you possess. In fact, listen to this, you are not what you, are not what you have, you are what you give. You are not what has you, you are what you're able to give away. And the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart and said, you're greedy. And I said, no, I'm not. How many of you ever had a conversation with God and you're like feeling this tug and you feel it from somebody and you're like, that's not Jesus. He has my uncle that, that is just bitter. You don't recognize him. And he speaks to you, your language, wherever you are. And I'm there and, he, and I feel the Holy Spirit, I want you to be generous. And I'm like, God, I'm generous, I'm giving. He's like, no, no. Because you tithe, you think you're generous. I want you to live with 50% of what you make. Te reprendo, Satanás. That's not the Lord, I rebuke you. That's not the order of God. I'm telling you, this is about obedience. It's not about a percentage, it's about obedience. Like God said, the other side. Somebody say with me, the other side. Go from greed to generosity. The problem is not that you have, the problem is not that you're giving. I'm opening my heart to you, church. Listen, please. I'm not telling you this so you can give whatever, I'm telling you this so you can trust the Lord 
when he says go to the other side. When he says it's time for you to do things different in your marriage. When he says it's time for you to do things different in your business. Because God cannot bless what you have cursed. You cannot, he is a holy God and he will not dwell in places that are not holy. I'm preaching now, you need to get those things out of your business. If you want his provision, you need to get those things out of your home. And there's things in our life that we try to compromise with God and say, we're gonna do half truth, God. We're gonna do half obedience and half obedience is disobedience. And he goes, throw it on the other side. And as he's telling me this, he puts my grandma into my heart. And I go to grandma's house and I always thought the uncles will take care of him. But this time I said, hey, grandma, do you need anything? And she's like, ay, mijo, que crees? Pues si, the heater's not working. And I'm like, what I could Why would I say anything? Here you go, Grandma. We want to go to we want to go to Africa, and we don't go to Grandma's house. This is a lifestyle. He said the other side. So I started being obedient in generosity, and everything that he would tell me. Buy this for the church. Now I want you to get this. I didn't increase, increase my leaving style, I increased my generosity. Amen. I didn't stop working, I started being more diligent. I started resting on the Sabbath. I started obeying what he was telling me to do. And all of a sudden, I couldn't contain the catch. I couldn't play out. Where's this coming from? How is this happening? Wait, what, oh, this business opportunity over here. This, man, I don't even have to show up and it's producing for me. I went from greed to generosity. I went to the other side. And here's my challenge for you. It is according to his riches and glory. So in your life, in what area of your life do you need to go to the other side? Scripture keeps reading. Let me just make a parenthesis on this. In Isaiah 43, it says, again, somebody say with me, again, which means come back. It's time for a comeback. It, doesn't, it hasn't worked before, but now it's going to work because now you're going to do it with your whole heart, not halfway. Because now you're going to use what God has given you and you're going to put it in his disposal. Now, my talents are not mine, they're his. Amen. So as you understand, I talked to the coach and even though I was ready to quit, he said, it's time for a comeback. Isaiah 43 says, again, I will make a road in the wilderness. I will even, again, I will make a road in the wilderness. Now, where did God make a road in the wilderness, church? Come on, my Bible students. Where did God make a road in the wilderness when they came out of Egypt? Israel comes in. Israel is in a place of oppression. Israel is in a place of, listen to me, please. He, they are slaves, maybe like, like we're slaves to debt. Nothing produces in their life. And God says, I, let my people go. And he brings them out of that place. And out of a wilderness, he makes a road. He gives direction. I believe today in our life, God is doing the same thing. He's saying, listen, I know you think you're not going to make it, but I need you to walk through this wilderness because if you stay, you continue to be under oppression. I don't want to leave this place because at least it gives me food. Yes, but if you go over here, I'll give you manna. <laughs> if you leave this place, I'll give you bread from heaven but you gotta be willing to trust them. Somebody say with me, new season. New season requires for me to believe that God will do it again. Where are my people here that have a testimony that can tell me God has done something in my life? Yes. He can do it again. Yes. 
When you're making, you making $5 an hour, did he not give you 10? Why don't you believe that he can give you 20? I'm talking about promotion, supernatural promotion, not just monetary-wise, but that I can live out what he's calling me to do so that I can be a blessing to others. Scripture keeps reading in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. So when they had eaten breakfast, bring the, bring the fish and he cooks for them. Jesus said to Simon, to, to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more? Somebody say with me, more. I need you to get this. Do you love me? Do you agape me? Agape, do you love me above everything else unconditionally? Are you willing to leave everything for me? Do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Yes, Lord, I love you. And the translation there in the Greek is phileos, which means as a friend. God is asking, do you love me the way I love you? Agape. And he says, I love you, phileos. You can be my friend. Jesus says, the Bible keeps reading, he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Do you agape? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileos, that I love you as a friend. He said to him, tend my sheep. Two times. The third time, he said to him, the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time. Why was Peter grieved? After the third time, what did he do three times, church? He denied him. And what Jesus is saying is, I want you to know, I'm asking you if you love me for every time you sinned. I'm asking you if you love me for every time you denied me. But I'm choosing the word agape because I want you to know that it's my love. Do you love me the way I love you? And the only way I can love the way he loves me is if I receive his love. Somebody say amen to that. Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know that I feel as you. You know that I love you like a friend. And Jesus says, do you love me like your Lord? Do you love me above all things? Or do you just love me as a friend when, when we can be cool and I do what you tell me to do? When you pray and you want to change situations, do you love me just that way when everything goes well? Or do you love me unconditionally? Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I love this because Jesus didn't say, okay, I want you to prove to me that you love me. He said, come back to what I called you to do. Somebody said with me, come back. He says, come back to the purpose I, I placed in you. Most assuredly, I say to you, and I want to finish this story because many times we miss it. When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Do you love me more? You gotta be willing to go. This he spoke signifying, signifying by what death he will glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, the same thing he told him at the beginning, he's telling you the same thing again, follow me. Don't tell me what happened at the other church. Follow me. Don't tell me how your divorce has just your mental health all over the place. Follow me. Don't tell me how your kids are not following Christ. You follow me. Don't tell me how you don't have money. Follow me. Don't give me your excuses. Do you love me? Somebody say with me, new season. If I want to enter his, this new season, I have to be willing to 
Put, it on, put the things that I have to change to the other side, but I gotta be willing to love him above all things, yeah. above everything. This was very difficult for me to understand because I didn't understand the principle that I cannot love unless I receive his love. Now look at me for a moment. There was a time in my life where I would say, hmm, God is not speaking to me anymore. I just come to church and the pastor's just missing it. He's probably not praying enough. Huh? That, that worship style is just not for me as if worship was for you. And I'll start criticizing everything. I was like, God, where are you? I'm trying, I'm doing all these things, but I just don't feel your presence as if God is a feeling. And this is just, I'm not content in this place. Maybe, 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 maybe the, the, the real problem is the people I'm surrounding myself with as if you're not called to lead. And as I'm going through all this process and going through this, the truth was the Holy Spirit had left me. Look at me, please. The Holy, because the Holy Spirit cannot be in a place where he's not honored. He cannot be in a place where he's not loved above all things. He doesn't want second choice. He doesn't want part of your heart. And as I'm walking through this and I'm fighting this, I thought it was depression, but it was a lack of his spirit. I thought it was anxiety, but it was that he had left me. And as I'm praying, God, heal me, take these things away. And I'm fighting all these different things in my life and my mind. The Holy Spirit speaks into my life and says, make room for me. Declutter things. Somebody said, I mean, new season. And I, I go through this story that I'm reading to you right now. And the question is, do you love me more? Do you love me more than you loved me 10 years ago? Because if you do, you're doing something different than what you were doing 10 years ago. Do you love me more than last year? Because if you do, then you're willing to sacrifice other things that you know don't please me. Because I want your whole heart. Now I'm struggling with this. The truth is, church, look at me. The truth is, I was feeling guilty. The truth is, my guilt didn't let me get close to him. The truth is, I knew I was a sinner, and that I couldn't let go of those things, those addictions that kept on grabbing me at night. Those things that continue to bring me to a place where I didn't want to be anymore. And Jesus says, I love you. In 1 John chapter 4, it explained this way. Verses seven through 10. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Amen. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Now, God does not have love. God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live him that that piece of your heart that's missing is in him and this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins to be the payment for our sins God I'm not worthy anymore I can go back to church but I shouldn't preach I can go back to church but I shouldn't serve I, I can go back with my wife but I don't know what you're struggling with, but we all go through this. God, I can't do this, but I'll just do it halfway. Do you love me? I didn't say what people are saying about you. I'm saying, do you love me? I'm not asking you what happened last year. I'm not telling you to bring back your trauma. I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? Then follow my purpose. Care for your family like you've never done before. Serve the church like you've never done it before. 
go to a different place. If you love me, agape, unconditionally, then count the cost. Count the cost. And I want to challenge the church today. There's been a lie in the church for too many years. That following God doesn't cost you anything. Following God will cost you everything. Everything. But you have a choice to surrender. Following the world will cost you more. Not only everything for you, but everything else for your family and for the next generation. And the world doesn't ask you for it, it just takes it. And before you know it, you think you're rich because you have a $300,000 home, but you're in the negative $250,000 because it's what you owe. And we call it blessing. Instead of getting a $50,000 home and actually being the positive $100,000. The principle in the Bible. That actually when I, I give, it multiplies. That actually when I put him first and I give him my whole heart. Church, you don't have to be afraid. You can trust him. But he invites you and he says, this is love. That I give myself first. And I want to give you a new life. It says, again, I will, bring, I will make ro a road in the wilderness and I will bring a river out of desert places Israel and the desert hits the rock symbol the rock the symbol of Jesus hits the rock he was smitten he was hit and out of the rock living water came out there's living water for you what you're thirsty for today you got to recognize that we have we have with our attitude, with, with our words, with our, with our actions, we've hurt him. But his love is so much that out of those places, he brings living water. Somebody say with me, new season. Would you stand with me today? I love watching the last interview of Damon Green recently saying, I was ready to quit, but my coach said, my coach said, it's time for a comeback. I want you to close your eyes where you are. It's a new season of a comeback. Come back and when we just don't love Jesus as a friend, but we love him as Lord. And we're willing to do what he's calling us to do in every area of our life. A comeback is where we say, God, I love you. More than my family, more than, more than my possessions, I love you more than self to you close your eyes where you are I want to challenge you today if today you're here and you never truly gave life to Jesus I mean truly surrender and say God everything I have is yours not just half of what you have if you're doing this for the first time or maybe you're doing it again and it's your comeback but you really mean it and you're ready to say this new season this new year God is first. If that's you, would you raise your hand where you are? As a symbol of faith, a symbol of repentance. I see your hand. And we celebrate that he invites us and he goes to that place and says, listen, throw it to the other side. Try me on this. As you have your hand raised,
Church, can we repeat this prayer? Would you say with me? Heavenly Father, I give it all. Forgive me. Change me. Jesus, thank you for dying so I can live. Be Lord of my life. This new season, I'll walk in your truth. Just say amen. Thank you for listening. Stay connected through our social media and remember, we are family.